1: now you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. My friends at My Pillow, my buddy Mike Lindell told me he was coming out with a brand new product. It's called the New Mattress Topper. So I got the new mattress topper immediately, and I've been sleeping on it now for a couple of months. It's the best thing you've ever felt in your life. Now, you literally have my pillow foam for support. It's a transitional foam that helps relieve pressure points, and it's ultra soft, patented temperature regulating cover. And I got to tell you, it has a 10 year warranty, a cover that's washable and dryable. It's made in the USA, backed by their 60 day unconditional money back guarantee. Once you try this new mattress topper, you put it right over your mattress. You will never sleep better. And right now, you, my radio listeners, you're going to save 30% off when you go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code TOPPER. And by the way, Mike will also give you two standard my pillows absolutely free. All right, so try MyPillow.com promo code TOPPER, promo code TOPPER for this great deal and the best night's sleep you ever had want to remind you, too, if you're an unhappy timeshare owner, you went on a vacation, you're having the time of your life. Somebody says, you can duplicate this every year for the rest of your life, and then you never end up going back. And then you realize, "Uh, there are other nice places I could go to, and I could better use that money. But every year, you got to pay the maintenance fees and whatever other fees associated with it. You wish you never did it. Well, there's a way out, thanks to my friends at Lone Star Transfer, Brian and Karen. They run a family-owned business. They will make sure that your experience is a pleasant one. They will get you out of your timeshare legally, ethically, and quickly. I have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and this is what they do. Don't let another year go by and you're paying all this money for a timeshare you're never going to use. Now, two ways to get them. Online at LoneStarTransfer.com, all right? Or give my friends a call, no obligation. Call pound 250 on your mobile, keyword timeshare. Just hit pound 250 on your mobile phone. Say the keyword, timeshare or just go to lonestartransfer.com. All right, glad you're with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. It's 800-941-SEAN It's if you want to be a part of the program. We are having literally the biggest fight here in the studio over, you know, this whole, the biggest admission scam, scandal, getting kids into college uh, thing that's going on. Um... It's it's pretty amazing the way this thing worked, but you got 50 people charged, 33 parents, as well as some college coaches and associates and, and mastermind of Rick Singer and um, 25 million in total bribes and uh, bribe money paid out by the parents to get their kids into these these schools when they didn't either have the grades or any athletic ability whatsoever. They get athletic admission, but. Um, that takes away a slot of a kid that maybe has been playing that sport since they're eight, which is what it pretty much takes. It's so different if you play sports uh, today than in the past. Like when I played sports, it was, you know, hockey, football, basketball, baseball, stickball, street high. We played it all, and it wasn't one sport specialized. But the kids that did specialize in a sport, you know, usually ended up with some type of uh maybe not even a scholarship but an admission to a better school than they otherwise would have gotten into and i'm telling my team here i'm like well that that's the way it should be because they're bringing a special talent and experience that they worked so hard over the years for and which by the way the school should verify you can go back and look at the records of any kid you know from when they're nine years old and uh, and they didn't do it. They're not ta- they they didn't keep an eye on on that just to make sure that this is a, a verified athlete. Um, and, uh, you know, and on terms of I don't know what you do if somebody's bribing to help with the with the test scores. You just got to have better rules in place, I guess, to prevent that from happening. Um, but it would go something like this which is you know and everyone everyone i know is mad except for everyone that works for me and there they're saying oh i'm naive that this happens all the time now i know when people hear about legacy admissions now that legacy admission would be old time usually in ivy league or prestigious school been around 100 years uh, that would be your mother, your father, your their their sisters and brothers, and everybody else. You know, maybe grandma and grandpa had gone to the school, and usually over the years with that quote legacy, then monies are contributed because all of these schools have a. They're all they all build up these. Uh, what do you call them? These not a trust. A um they build up these war chests of donated money. Like, I I mean, I think I read Harvard has billions, billions of dollars that has been donated over the years. So a kid whose mother, father, brothers, sisters, cousins, everybody went to Harvard, maybe wouldn't meet today's standard is going to have a massive leg up because, you know, there are 10 buildings in the name of so-and-so at the, at the place. Um, Is it fair? No. But is it is it for the can you make an argument? It's for the enrichment of the school and and the betterment of the university, because all that money can build buildings and athletic facilities and all of that. And we're we're kind of going sideways here is and again, we're putting the SAT, ACT part of it aside is, you know, that just has to be monitored by some type of proctoring system that they can't let that happen. Um, but if a, you know, in the case of what's the girl's name from Full House, Lori Laughlin, and you know they're they're altering or photoshopping pictures of the kids playing a sport that they never played, or a kid that never played soccer but is admitted to the school based on soccer ability or crew ability or whatever. Now the thing is, the kids that really do play row crew or the kids that really do play soccer or the kids that you know play football and the kids that you know play basketball baseball tennis whatever it happens to be you can look at them and and know in 30 seconds if they can play it's it's not hard to ascertain then you can spend maybe three minutes on google to see if they ever played competitively in in their youth um i know in you know the sports my kids played you know you could go back to their record when they're eight years old it's ridiculous. So and the amazing thing though is is that if you choose to focus on sports and school is that and I watch this it, my daughter's kind of going through all of this now and she's really experienced massive recruiting um for her sport and it's it's been a great feeling for her that the schools really want it and the academics Standards, though, for athletes who have devoted literally thousands of hours of their time and traveled the country, um, are lower than those of other students. Now, take the case of football or basketball. Look at what football does for the University of alabama or 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 Clemson. Now, it enriches the entire experience for every single other kid that gets in for their academic abilities. You know, the fact that you factor in the whole person and their life experience, which is individual. And if they bring something extra to the table that, okay, well, they devoted 12 years of their life fighting, training, competing. And now they're going to compete for this school, this team. Um, But maybe their grades aren't as high as the kids that just spent every hour of every day in their rooms locked up studying. It's it doesn't mean one is better than the other. They both offer an enrichment of the school academically for the really smart kids that have spent their time doing that athletically. The school spirit. I mean, have you ever been to a real college football game? You know, go on uh, on uh, go to Alabama, Auburn, go to Florida, Florida State game, go to, you know, uh, Army, Navy, go to Notre Dame. Go watch any of these schools. Michigan, the biggest football stadium in the country. And you see that this this, this makes the experience so much better for all these other kids. Now, maybe some of the athletes that they're admitting would never, ever get into the school anyway because of their grades. But you got to look at the whole kid and you got to look at the life experience and say, okay, well, this kid brings something else to the school. Um, but th- that's not the case here because on most sports, they're limited in terms of the number of slots they have ab- available. Scholarships are usually put aside only for the top, top kids. Other kids are picked to be on the teams. They don't get scholarships and, but they, but they are wanted on the team for other reasons. Well, you know, sometimes it's potential. There are more kids in Long Island that are signing that have, are committing to college based on their ability to play lacrosse at in ninth grade, they're committing to big colleges. It's a deal. It's a commitment. Um, and why? Because the athletic experience enriches the prestige of the school and the athletic experience, especially, especially the big sports. I mean, but they offer other sports as well. I mean, when Title IX comes into play, which offers more athletic scholarships uh, for girls in, in, in college than it does boys, because usually the boys' scholarships, if they have an equal number of them, a lot of them are taken up in football. I don't know many colleges that have all-girl football teams, but... Um, but I don't want to get open up that can of worms or get into a different sidetracked issue here. Why are you 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 just cannot? You're you're like literally chomping at the bit. Why are you so worked up over this?
2: Listen, we just agree to disagree on this. You know, I just think that if you don't care if that the parents oh, no, no, paid no, for the no, SATs, that's not what I'm talking about. What, what are you I'm talking about is then? that you know this whole paying to get your uh, yourself into college is not a new idea. I mean, it happens in all different ways all the time. I mean, you're talking about how excited these schools are to go out and rah, rah, rah for these football games, but those kids are getting a free ride because they're making everybody else super excited, but they're not passing their classes and they're getting pushed along no, to keep up where, that school spirit.
1: That's where you're wrong. Because, oh, am I? Oh, yes, so there, there's not money going said, into putting no, no. those
2: kids through tutors and well, special programming but, and longer test on. times?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, it's bringing in... A fortune. These athletic programs, and who benefits especially from football, that fortune? The school.
2: Where does that money go?
1: Well, usually it goes into bit better sporting facilities. It usually goes right. into so better. academic hang on, it's better just academic in, facilities. The dragon. No, it's what they're what they're trying to do is you know human beings are not robots and and some people. Uh, have a natural interest in law some people have a natural interest in in that's why they have varying majors biology chemistry uh communications journalism whatever it happens to be right but those other kids are interested in sports
2: but the they, sports kids are held to a different standard and yes, money usually. and usually. money is put into those kids to push them along
1: no it all whoa, there's so much they're money. not getting it, tutors. There, let They're me not finish. getting special. Oh, so just much,
2: answer that one question. Are they or so, aren't they?
1: All right. Stop using my techniques against me. It's ridiculous. It sucks ridiculous. when that happens, right? <laughs> it does. Now, but the money is so vast in terms of college football. For I'll just take that one sport that the school, yeah, they can afford to pay for tutors for kids that don't have the same academic standards they can also afford to build more classrooms, better dorm rooms, better facilities, safer facilities for the entire school uh, as a result. And that's, and you, you know, you look at something, a school like Harvard, they have billions. Google, Ethan, how much Harvard has in endowments. That's the word I was looking for. Um, you Google how much they have. So the fact that you have kids that are individuals and some devoted, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of hours to their sport and competed at a pretty high level and a coach is interested in them for that reason now comes along a kid and you're photoshopping pictures of the kid doing crew or photoshopping pictures of the kid doing playing soccer there's some crew kid that might have gotten that spot that's where that's where you know the rub is here but the fact that the school would help the kids You know, think of this a kid that is naturally talented athletically and a great football player and trained hard so he would be recruited for football and gets recruited, goes to Alabama, and Nick Saban says, We're going to all to the parents, we're going to help your son or uh, son academically, and we're going to make sure that he gets the education that you want him to get as well as the athletic experience that he wants. What's wrong with that when the school is literally making a fortune? Now, the other thing is all these kids have all this school spirit. Now I didn't have this college experience like everybody else. I was working full time when I went to college and and paid every penny myself. So it I I wish I did because when I hear people talk about their experience in college and the pride associated with whatever school that they had, it's it's like they love those schools for the rest of their lives. And all those parents, when they get older and start making money, they all give money back because they have the fondest memories and they want that experience to go to other kids. It's pretty cool, actually. All right, I'm never going to commit. We'll get to this Harvard, later. Harvard,
3: huh? by the way, has yeah. $37.1 billion in endowments as of 2017. Wow. 30 what billion? $37.1 billion. Okay, now that money can be used to make Harvard better. Better than what? It.
2: It's a liberal bastion of nonsense. I'm, I'm,
3: I'm just saying. I wouldn't
2: send ex- my child there. Neither he was would the, I. No freaking way.
1: I don't think they'd accept any kid with the last name Hannity. Trust me, it's not going to be a problem. If all
3: of these colleges are making this much money, too, why don't they use that money to give everyone free college rather than pouring it back into these students?
1: Um, well, they, they actually do in a lot of cases. They, they, there's so much academic financial help available out there. It's crazy. All right, got a school spirit with free college. <laughs> Oh, God. You, you people, you know, you've been working. You're all cynical now. You're just way. You've lost it. All of you. You're like the only four people in the country that think I'm wrong on this. One thing that is not political—it's smoking. That's about people, and there are 34 million Americans now that smoke. But for many, there's not been a clear alternative. Jewel for me has been a game changer. I watch people all the time—they go outside in the middle of the freezing winter just to have their smoke. You don't have to do that anymore because of Jewel. Now people don't have to worry about the smell on your hands. Jewel was specifically designed by smokers for smokers to be a satisfying alternative. It's a clean technology. Joule has no ash, no odor, no mess. If you're one of those 34 million adults who do smoke, you now know there's an alternative to cigarettes and cigars. Just go to Juul, J-U-U-L dot com slash switch America. That's J-U-U-L dot com slash switch America. Now, this product does contain nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. But just go to Juul, J-U-U-L dot com slash switch America. And right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show. Uh, all right, Paul Manafort got his second sentence. This was the D.C. case. Um, Wait, Sean, told...
2: can I interrupt you for a minute? Yes, ma'am. So the audience hates me, and they love you. They're on your side.
1: Yeah. So I
2: just wanted you to know that. I want oh, you to this... feel better about your team spirit.
1: No, it's... look. This you... is not okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> I don't want to get... We'll get back into this later in the show. I just want to finish this. The thing is, is everybody that I know that had a college, real college experience and, you know, when I went to Adelphi and NYU for a year each, um, I worked the whole time and then I dropped out because I ran out of money and then I went back to school in Rhode Island. Then I ran out of money and I, I was paying it myself. But when people tell me they went to Penn State or Dartmouth or you know an Ivy League school or Notre Dame, every oh my gosh, you talk about Notre Dame or Michigan or, or UVA or you know just whatever the school happens to be, they love it. They stay with that school for the rest of their lives. They donate to that school for the rest of their lives. It is an enri- And then when you build a big football team. You know, kids that have gone a different way. They're offering something else to the school. And, yeah, the schools make a ton of money off of sports, but they're using a lot of it, throwing it back and in, in, into the kids to bring up their academic ability. And, yeah, they can build better facilities, which makes it an even better experience for future kids. What's so bad about that? Uh, but this is different. I mean, if, you know, your kid never, you know, kicked the ball and you say gets a spot on the soccer team, that's a problem, or, you know, whatever it is.
4: Let's uh, listen in. conceded that there was absolutely no evidence of any Russian collusion in this case. So that no makes court two courts. Two courts have ruled up. no evidence clear of up. any collusion liar. with liar. any Russians. Clear That's not what she part said. Part number two. She's Very sad. Liar. That's not what she said. Very sad. That's not babe. what she said. For such a callous... Liar sentence that is totally unnecessary, much like this. You guys are liars, man. You're not lawyers;
1: you're liars. There is your radical, extreme, hate-Trump, deranged resistance. I mean, it's actually pretty scary. That was uh, the attorney for Paul Manafort, Kevin Downey. Protesters yelling and screaming and shouting and said the judges. Conceded in both cases, no evidence of Trump Russia collusion. The same conclusion of the House Intelligence Committee, the same conclusion of Senator Burr's uh, Intelligence Committee, the same conclusion most are expecting from Robert Mueller. This is this, and I'm going to tell you who's is partly responsible for getting these people whipped up into a frenzy: the media. Every second minute, hour, every day, they have been promising. They have been hyperventilating, breathless reporting every day. Hey, we got him. It's not true, but we'll get him next time. Hey, we got him. What the media has done in this particular instance is so beyond the pale. It is it is it is turned. They have given nothing but lies conspiracy theories and false hope for two years to every Trump hater in the country. Nancy Pelosi you know saying impeachment's not gonna happen backed by Steny Hoyer backed by others well they're not stupid now either they're playing the game and they'll say oh well, the evidence was so compelling but in spite of it you could, then you got Adam Schiff who's now is under investigation himself for ethics complaints which i told you would happen I, i'm dying for him to come on the show you know and uh then i get to uh hit him with all the misinformation let's be nice today you know that he's been selling but anyway that was uh, the judge sentenced Manafort five years on the first conspiracy count 30 months of that would be served concurrently with the last sentence uh in the t.s ellis the judge in t.s ellis in that case Uh, That is the overlap between the two cases, um, which involved obstruction of uh, justice. She sentenced him to 13 months, saying that his efforts to influence witnesses had been nipped in the bud. And Judge Jackson tends to be relatively lenient on convicted criminals that appear before her in the five years that ended in 2017. She handed down an average prison sentence of just 32 months below both the Washington district's 46 month average and the nationwide average of forty-seven months, according to data from Syracuse University. I promise we'll get back to the thing later. You, my staff is in the middle of the biggest fight over this college admissions thing. It's hilarious to me. Um, you know, but there you have you know this mob outside, you know, screaming at Kevin Downing, um, and it's sad. You know, the fact that they they only want Manafort to die in jail. That was the only acceptable outcome. And it may actually end up happening And what it was an act of stunning vindictiveness. This should not be allowed either, by the way, in my opinion. You know, and we see it happen all the time. Well, we're going to charge somebody with a crime. You get a not guilty verdict. Now, well, now we're going to go after them on the same crime, but we'll call it a civil rights violation. It's double jeopardy. Anyway, in an attempt to prevent Manafort from escaping punishment, if the president ever decided to pardon him, the announcement was made literally while the U.S. judge, Amy Berman Jackson, was sentencing Manafort, 70 years old. right, he's got the 7.5 years, you know, some of it concurrent, but, I mean, it's pretty much assured that he was going to be a very old man if he ever gets out of jail. But just to make doubly sure that, uh, you know, now that we have New York prosecutors filing new indictments today at the same time. Why? Because they don't want him what if the president ever pardoned him? Now we got a backup because you can't pardon him based on a state crime. Unbelievable. Um as Devin Nunes on this program yesterday reports, uh criminal referrals against Obama officials. Now this bombshell that we got yesterday, thank goodness for Congressman Doug Collins. You know, join him with Meadows and Jordan and, you know, all these great congressmen that have been doing wonderful things. Anyway, Devin Nunes' criminal referrals against Obama officials are coming within the next month. And I I told you there's a lot about to happen. Just stay tuned. We didn't work in vain for two years uncovering all of this abuse of power and all of this corruption. And the evidence now is overwhelming and incontrovertible. There's a part of me that wonders, it's it's funny because people that, you know, the special counsel's office, and it's not going to take my call, but people that have been in touch with the special counsel. Now, I have been very critical, very suspicious, dubious based on how things, the people that were chosen. Why did Mueller pick only Democrats? Why did Mueller pick Hillary Clinton's attorney for the Clinton Foundation? Jeannie Ray, why would anyone ever pick as your main guy his pit bull, according to the New York Times, Andrew Weissman? After what he did with Enron Accounting, tens of thousands of Americans lost their jobs. Cases overturned 9-0 in the Supreme Court. Those, those are real people that lost their jobs. Once excoriated, as Sidney Powell has in her book, licensed to uh, Lie, you know, withholding exculpatory evidence. Why did he get on Mueller's team? Why did Struck and Page get on Mueller's team? Well, actually, we do have an answer to that question. And if you believe Lisa Page, the DOJ was ordering the FBI not to prosecute Hillary Clinton. Well, that brings it now right into the Attorney General Loretta Lynch's office. But we'll get to that in a second. These people and their track records are atrocious. They're political. Weissman is at the Victory Party of Hillary on election night. They are not objective fair prosecutors. But I'm beginning to wonder because people that say they know Mueller. He has an incredible life background and experience, Marine, Semper 5 served his country. You know, went into private practice, hated it, went back to being like a, a DA again. Because he loves it, and I'm, I love law enforcement people. I wonder if there's some people that tell me I'm wrong about him. Well, I'm—I—I I'm, don't think I am. I wonder if he has paid attention to all of this abuse of power. I wonder if his fidelity to the law is real. We'll know soon enough. Nunes saying that criminal referrals are coming. He says, I would guess we'd see referrals in the next two to three or four weeks. Uh, He said he would like to see what is in the special counsel Mueller's report. Uh, And in February, Nunes said that the GOP minority in the House Intelligence Committee offered up the names of a dozen people they want to subpoena. The Democrats, as the Democrats vitalize the panel's Russia investigation, doubtful the majority will cooperate. Instead, Nunes will go to the new A- Attorney General, Bill Barr, uh, which to make headway towards completing this. And we also have in the Senate, we know that Lindsey Graham is all over this. Lisa Page, this was interesting in part of this reveal. Now, there's so much material yet to come that we haven't seen. We learned so much about the Bruce Orr testimony. You know, everybody was warned the dossier was Clinton bought and paid for. That Steele was invested in hating Trump and Trump losing. And we learned that the <laughs> steals getting paid from a Russian oligarch, the FBI, Hillary's campaign, and the DNC. Wow. And there's even now questions about whether, by Devin Nunes, he wants to know who actually wrote the dossier. He has questions about who did. But, you know, anyone that says they verified it, Lisa Page said that there was some verification you know, uh, file on the dossier, you cannot verify something whose own author can't stand by it. You can't, there's no, you wanted it to be true. And when the top DOJ officials and FBI officials were warned by Bruce Orr, or, as he said in his testimony released last week, Lisa Page yesterday, that means they all knew it was corrupt and not verified and bought and paid for and political, And that adds even more urgency to the FISA abuse, which is committing a fraud on a FISA court, a conspiracy to deny an American citizen his constitutional rights, and even more importantly, allowing false Russian lies paid for to influence the American people leading up to the election. We know that happened. There's no question this all happened. There, it's irrefutable. It is incontrovertible. Just like Adam Schiff on tape colluding with the Russians to impact America's electoral system. Lisa Page, in this new testimony we got to read yesterday, struck went to work for Mueller to build a case for Trump's impeachment. Well, that was the whole purpose. The same guy that authored the exoneration letter that took out gross negligence, put in extreme carelessness with james comey in may comey denied it but we know it's true and then of course he was the only person to interview on july 2nd 2016 him and another guy hillary clinton and then three days later comey's in there and oh you know it doesn't no prosecutor would ever do it well you know we, we also know that's true because that's not true because james baker who was the the uh, number one lawyer Chief General Counsel at the FBI under Comey wanted to indict her under the violations of the Espionage Act. That's what we also learned. Now, what we also learn is from Lisa Page oh, it was Loretta Lynch, Tarmac Loretta, and Tarmac Bill who met just days before the final decision. Oh, it's a matter, it's not an investigation, Jim, when it was an investigation. Well, apparently, Lisa Pate said every step of the way, the the Obama Department of Justice, unlike any other case, so out of the ordinary. They were involved in every decision and ordered the FBI not to prosecute Hillary. Unbelievable. And the FBI, by the way, had zero evidence of collusion when they first started this investigation in July of 2020. 2016 they had the dossier by august of 2016 and you know now we now we've got loretta lynch needs to go under oath and by the way was she reporting any of this to obama what did he know when did he know it there's so much to come there will be criminal referrals and we still haven't heard from the inspector general or john huber Inspector General specifically looking into the question of FISA abuse. All those people that signed that FISA abuse, bulk of information being the paid for dossier, Russian lies. Yeah. How are they going to justify saying that they thought that was truthful? By the way, all of these 2020 candidates are having trouble. Now we have Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, Gillibrand, all facing a Me Too backlash and defending their commitment to the idea of Me Too against a series of accusations that they, they themselves mismanaged sexual misconduct claims against their subordinates. Well, how did they get away with that? How come, you know, and Kirsten Gilliver we did a professional thorough investigation, not according to the person that that was the victim, says just the opposite. She's a hypocrite. And the same with Bernie Sanders. Now Bernie is also being rocked by anti-Semitism charges, and uh, a spokesperson for Bernie actually said that the presidential campaign apologized after questioning whether the Jew- American Jewish community has a dual allegiance. By the way, that dual allegiance thing is—it's—it it, it, is—you talk about—it's a classic anti-Semitism. Anyway, uh, a comment condemned by Jewish leaders from across the political spectrum. It's a well-known anti-Semitic overtone, not something anybody would have any issue about. By the way, Ocasio-Cortez now accusing Wells Fargo CEO of financing the caging of children, which didn't happen.
5: Mr. Sloan,
1: why was the bank involved in the caging of children and financing the caging
6: of children to begin with?
0: Uh, I, I don't know how to answer the, that question because we weren't.
6: Uh, so in finance, you were financing and involved in debt financing, of course, Civic and Geo Group, correct?
0: For, All right, for let me for jump in here. Term, I
1: want to we add were we're one other thing. There is a state representative in the Georgia State House drafting a blunt response to legislation that would dictate when a woman could or couldn't get an abortion. It's called the Testicular Bill of Rights. And she said it's a package about turning the tables on male counterparts. This comes as the Georgia House. Anyway, The after they have the heartbeat bill, once the heartbeat is there. Anyway, it would um, literally outlaw abortion after a fetus's heartbeat. She has her bill of rights and includes, among many male-focused proposal, legislation requiring men obtain permission from their sex partners before they get a prescription for any erectile dysfunction medication. Allowing men who have sex without a condom to be charged with aggravated assault. 24-hour waiting period for men who want to purchase pornography or some sex toy in the state of Georgia. You can't make, you cannot make this insanity up. Oh, and Pelosi revoked Vice President Pence's House office space. Really nice Nancy. Washington Post writes, Nancy Pelosi just blew it on impeachment. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a big fight brewing. It's all going to come out. All right, 800 941 Sean is a toll free telephone number. Quick break, right back. We'll continue.
4: there was absolutely no evidence of any Russian collusion in this case. So that makes two courts, two courts have ruled no evidence of any collusion with any Russians. Part number two, very sad, very sad day for such a callous, harsh sentence that is totally unnecessary. Much like this. You guys are liars now, you're not lawyers, you're not lawyers.
1: Wow, that was out of the courthouse. Protesters screaming uh, at Paul Manafort's attorney, Kevin Downing, uh, saying, yeah, two judges conceded no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. And uh, now Paul Manafort uh, sentenced in a second case. And unless this guy dies in jail, it's going to be so dissatisfying for people on the left. Uh, Before that, Richard Blumenthal... Uh, Pardoning Paul Manafort would be obstruction of justice. No, that is a power of the presidency, a constitutional power of the U.S. president to be used at his or her discretion. It is not a power that is even in question. Anyway, joining us to uh, talk about the very latest on this, we have John Solomon of The Hill. And uh, we're going to talk about the release yesterday of Lisa Page's testimony is now this whole two years, a culmination of unpeeling an onion is is now reaping some benefit. And we see that the end of the tunnel here, there are going to be indictments and all names you're going to be familiar with are in deep trouble. Greg Jarrett, author of the number one bestseller, The Russian Hoax. Uh, Let me ask from a legal standpoint, Greg, you first. Uh, Let's talk about the sentencing. But more importantly, um, I want to talk about what happened immediately thereafter with the Manhattan District Attorney, um, because uh, Bernie Carrick had a great tweet about this. This is the greatest demonstration yet of a politically motivated corrupt at Manhattan D.A. who pre-announced his intent, then coordinated with Mueller's team to ensure that Manafort dies in prison because immediately after this he was charged with 16 new charges not federal um, in Manhattan. Can you... I'll let you explain it from the legal perspective.
4: Well,
8: this is is redundant. It's overkill. It should be double jeopardy. uh, But the law doesn't favor that, unfortunately. Um, So, yeah, I mean, they're still going after Paul Manafort with a vengeance, even though two judges have now said in their respective cases involving him that there is no evidence of collusion. That on top of the House, that on top of the Senate... And I suspect that if uh, Robert Mueller, the special counsel, had evidence of collusion, somebody would have been charged by now. But so far, it hasn't happened.
1: You, you know, you got a lot. But this seems like it was all planned out. Why the second after he's sentenced? Oh, um, sure, of course it was. So it's a total of seven years. How many years would he have to spend in prison? Well, he'll probably. I mean, you get a fifteen
8: percent reduction for good behavior, so uh, that's the knockoff. Uh, Not like state courts where you get a lot more for good behavior. So he's, he's probably going to have to do, mm. you know, at least it's, six and a half years.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's seven and a half years total. So I guess some of this must have been concurrent, correct?
8: Yeah, I think uh, 37 months is concurrent or somewhere around there. Um, so, but, you know, he's he's going to have to do some years behind bars. And Dick Blumenthal is wrong. It's not obstruction of justice to exercise Your constitutional duty as president to pardon somebody. Uh, But, you know, every time Blumenthal opens his mouth, he demonstrates his ignorance of the law.
1: Well, he was also leading the I believe, I believe. Haven't heard him say I believe about the uh, Democratic lieutenant uh, governor in Virginia in the Commonwealth there. Let me get your reaction, John Solomon. Uh, to today's, uh, you know, sentencing hearing, the reaction you hear outside of the courtroom is just, you know, it's sort of like the left is triggered. Um, one of the things, now that we have two judges conceding there was no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion in these cases, uh, we're expecting any day now the Mueller report's going to be at least handed over to the AG. I don't think we'll know for some time whether whether part of that or any of that is going to be released. But right. you, you have... Um, a pretty good authority, and your sources are telling you pretty confidently that there is no Trump-Russia collusion that was found by Mueller.
5: Certainly that's what people are telling me, and no one will know for sure until the moment uh, the only guy that matters hits the send button, and that's Bob Mueller, right? And when he hits that send button, he transmits that report to the Justice Department. We'll finally know the answer. But I think in every public setting we have seen in the last couple of years, from the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunez to the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Richard Berm, to two judges in the Manafort case, to every other sentencing involving uh, a defendant in the Mueller prosecutions, and in Mueller's own statements and indictments. There has not been a single allegation of collusion between the presidential campaign and Russia. And I think that uh, what we know from the body of evidence is that it didn't exist, and another big important piece of that evidence came out yesterday, as you know, earlier on your show we broke the stories about what was in Lisa Page's testimony, but the official transcript came. Out yesterday, and what did Lisa Page tell us? After nine months of using the most awesome powers that the FBI had—FISA surveillance, interrogation, monitoring—in uh, May of 2017, they still had no evidence to prove anything uh, of collusion, as uh, Christopher Steele had alleged in his dossier. If all of that investigation couldn't turn it up, and all two years of turning and indicting defendants hasn't turned anything up, I think it's highly unlikely. And I think today. When you watch what happens today, the protesters outside, the immediate re-indictment in New York by Cy Vance, a very political prosecutor in Manhattan, uh, you see a lot more politics in the court of law than I think most of us would like to see. These legal cases should stand on their own merit, and yet you see, in the form of protests, in the form of a sudden reindictment timed to the end of the sentencing, uh, a lot of political shenanigans going on in the legal system.
1: You know, I agree with that completely. I mean, you just sit there, oh, they're just waiting. Oh, just in case you think Donald Trump's going to pardon you, we're going to make sure you die in prison. Uh, yeah. And that's how I took it uh, with this today. And yeah, there is overkill at at some particular point um, with all of this. Um, When you go, though, we look back at the you know, we now have had two weeks of release. Let's just assume for a moment. John sources are right. I've been hearing the same thing. Democrats seem to be telegraphing that they they know that there's not going to be what they want in the Mueller report in terms of a pathway to impeaching the president over collusion because there wasn't any. Uh, I expect it'll be sternly written and there'll be innuendo in there because I guess they, they'll feel compelled to do so to justify their existence, Greg. But. Beyond that, it's the law that matters, but what is now beginning to build are the things that we've wanted for a long time. Yesterday, we got Lisa Page's testimony. Lisa Page basically affirming everything we believe that the Department of Justice that would be obama's right. justice department that would be attorney general lynch were up to their eyeballs in helping to protect and prevent hillary clinton right. from being charged as any other american would have been charged and and even lisa page acknowledged all protocols were put aside. Uh, we also know Comey and Strzok wrote the exoneration and purposely withdrew those magical uh, words that met the legal standard, gross negligence. They added a new standard called intent that is not part of the law. Right. Um, so the, the, the fix was in. Hillary was never going to get indicted, even though even James Baker, the chief counsel under Comey at the FBI, thought she should be indicted.
8: Absolutely. A uh, couple of things jump out with her testimony. Uh, the first one is she said, quote, every person on the team knew no charges would be brought. Fast forward to about 70 pages, and she admits the Department of Justice actually ordered uh, that Clinton not be charged for gross negligence. She was pressed about that. Well, what was the rationale? She said, well, there was some discussion that uh, she didn't have the intent, but as you just pointed out, intent not required under the gross negligence provision, but she could have been charged under the intent provision, because Page, fast forward another 50 pages, admits that intent is not intent to break the law, but the legal standard is intent to commit an act that has the effect of breaking the law. And it's abundantly clear, by Clinton's own admission. She intended to uh, set up a private server, intended to use it exclusively for all of her emails, including classified documents. That's an intent crime. She should have been charged under both intent and gross negligence, but the fix was in.
1: Wow. I, I want to get your take on it. Now, John, there's a, Utah, I want you to explain the five buckets, because the testimony that we're getting... Thanks to Doug Collins, a Republican from Georgia, congressman. Right. He gave us last week Orr's testimony. Now he gave us Lisa Page's testimony. And he says he's going to give us all of it. And <laughs> and but we have the, the information you want and I want, 302s, the FISA application. Um, we, we, we want uh, the Gang of Eight information. And you can explain what all of this will, will bring to light.
5: Yeah, Greg did a, such a great job, as he always does, in a- analyzing all the legally significant things that, that uh, Lisa Page said about the Clinton case. There's one thing that jumped out at me on the Russia case, and that is, you know, the question has always lingered over this. How much did politics play in a role in making the decisions the FBI did? And by her own admission, Lisa Page testifies that they were weighing the fact that they didn't think Donald Trump would win the presidency as one of the uh, weights and how much they should investigate the Russia uh, allegations and I think that that is such an extraordinary admission I have never in all my life covering 32 years of the FBI ever heard an employee of the FBI claim that the winning or losing of an election was going to affect the tactics or the uh, intent of an investigation. And it explains something that happens the day after, something you and I reported on your show a long time ago. The day after Donald Trump wins, they escalate their efforts by a major uh, proportion, which shows that politics was involved. If this was any other case, he would investigate it because the allegation is serious and the security is at risk. Here, it's not serious if he's going to win, but if he is going to win, it's going to be serious, it shows the raw political nature and that politics did infect decisions, certainly in the Russia investigation. Now, how much did they affect it? I think the big story that's going to come out in 2019 is not the fact, the absence of evidence of criminality, because we now have that pretty well established, that there wasn't a criminal scheme uh, between the president and Russia to uh, hijack the election. What I think the big story is going to be is the abundance of evidence of innocence that the FBI collected, intercepts or uh, informant contacts with uh, Carter Page and George Papadopoulos that are going to show the FBI not only knew there wasn't evidence of a crime, they had admissions of innocence and they kept that from the court. Those five buckets of documents we're talking about is the key evidence. There are the um, documents that were turned over to Congress in in a briefing in June of 2018 to the Gang of Eight, known as the Gang of Eight documents. They're among the most important documents that could show how bad the FBI acted in this investigation. There is a spreadsheet that shows how many things were wrong in the um, uh, Steele dossier, and yet they proceeded with it. There are the uh, 302 interviews of uh, Bruce Orr and his contacts with Steele and the Justice Department, his facilitating role. Uh, and then there are the original FISA documents. When we get all of those things, we're going to see not only how politics affected it, we're going to see how illegally the FBI withheld evidence from the court that would show the men they were targeting actually were making statements of uh, innocence, and it was not being informed to the court I think that's going to be the big story of the second half of 2019 John
1: just went through a litany Greg of what is to come uh, with the time we have left what does that mean for the names that we have all all of us and so many others I don't want to list everybody's name I'll forget someone what does it mean for the people that abused power and were corrupt at the highest levels of the DOJ and the FBI and now we're learning the Lisa Page testimony shows Loretta Lynch And maybe Obama in some way. What did he know? What was he informed of? Uh, And when did he know it? Um, where is this going to go?
8: Well, it means trouble with a capital T for those people at the FBI and the Department of Justice who were involved in this cesspool of corruption. And I was glad John Solomon just mentioned his reporting has been so instrumental, but that, that Lisa Page revealed that it was all a political calculation. She was pressed, what's the insurance policy? She said, well... I don't really remember that, but then she went on to explain that it was a a political calculation that we're going to assume Trump doesn't get elected president, but our insurance policy will be this hoax of collusion. And if he wins, we'll go after him with a vengeance, and that happened.
5: And John, your take on that? Yeah, he's exactly right. Uh, It is a hoax, and they know it's a hoax, and they're only going to execute the hoax if Donald Trump wins the presidency. It's extraordinary. And how we're going to know how big a hoax it was, beyond all the great reporting in Craig's book and about all the things that other people have reported, when we see how much evidence the FBI had that showed what they were pursuing was wrongheaded at the that that Carter page. Well, we know that, they were rushed. warned.
1: All right, I got to let you both go. Great work, all of you. It's been two years, and we're getting to the finish line. I, I can see the landing strip in sight. All right, twenty-five now to the top of the hour. Glad you're with us. This is now a two hundred and seventy-five million dollar lawsuit. Uh, Linwood, the attorney, I got to know him in nineteen ninety-six. I was a local radio host. In Atlanta for four years and after the Olympic bombing uh, the guy who it turns out was a hero that saved lives his name is Richard Jewell and since then there is no more th- th- there's no more compelling there is more no more unyielding uh, attorney as it relates to media malpractice libel slander uh, than Lynn Wood and I've gotten to know him stayed in touch with him the lessons I learned being on the right side the only person in media that didn't rush to judgment on Richard Jewell and the narrative well he fits the profile of the lone bomber because he lives with his mother was me and and Richard Jewell heard me say that the first day didn't know it at the time um and now he's representing Nicholas Sandman He's a 16-year-old kid, did everything perfectly, it turns out. And this, this despicable media mob, they never did anything to check a single fact in the case. And as a result, well, now fake news, CNN is being hit with a $275 million lawsuit on the heels of a $250 million lawsuit against the Washington Post and many more to come. Listen to this.
6: Last January, 16-year-old Nicholas Sandman was falsely targeted, attacked, vilified, and threatened. The Washington Post, owned by the richest man in the world, led the print media's false attacks against Nicholas's reputation. CNN led the broadcast media's charge against Nicholas. Both recklessly spread lies about a minor to advance their own financial and political agendas. Despite raw video debunking the false narrative, The Post and CNN double down on their reckless lies. He
2: clearly doesn't blame himself. He puts the blame on the adults.
6: Lies that will forever haunt and endanger the life of an innocent young man.
7: I blame that kid. What a little
6: Lies that further divided our nation. How long will we allow these media giants to tear at the fabric of our lives to further their own agendas? Will they ever be held accountable? Lawyers representing Nicholas Sandman have just filed a bombshell defamation suit. Yes, they will. Nicholas Sandman has taken a stand for himself and for you by filing major lawsuits against CNN and The Washington Post. Nicholas and his legal team will not be stopped until these Goliath corporations are held accountable for their lack of journalistic integrity. Until then, no one's reputation is safe.
9: If you took the time to look at the full context of what happened that day, Nicholas Salmon did absolutely nothing wrong. If they can get away with this against a 16-year-old boy, then we're all at risk. There has to be change.
4: Child molested see how you got these pompous back b- come down here in the b- middle of a, a native rally with they dirty hat on. You got all these dirty b- ass c- b- behind you right. with a red, with a red Make America Great hat again on and you're cool as b- you want to fight your brother. A bunch of in- incest babies. A bunch of babies
0: made out of incest. A racist played out in Washington yesterday on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Some students harassing an older Native American man, a Vietnam vet.
6: The situation came to a head when that young man there, wearing a Make America Great Again hat got right in his face and didn't move.
0: The video appears to show dozens of youths wearing Make America Great Again hats, mocking Native American elder and Vietnam veteran Nathan Phillips.
6: Yesterday, a
8: Native American man was confronted uh, by young people with right. Make America Great
9: hats on. Uh, there's something wrong with that.
2: Outrage over this now viral video showing high school teenagers harassing a Native American elder. When you have the kind of anger that we saw uh, at the indigenous people's march where a veteran a Native American uh, man was you know had a standoff with students who were
6: you know mocking him. A crowd of teenagers surrounding a Native American elder and other activists as one smirking high school student blocks the elders path.
0: We feel that President Trump is giving license to some of this behavior. Another man of peace stands face to face with bigotry.
6: The elder says the encounter with the group an intense stare down with the one teen in particular Leaves him fearful of the future.
0: This kid in the front thinks it's somehow acceptable to stand in the face of this Native American man.
6: It's not just him that disturbs me, it's the it's the others, it's his schoolmates there that are having fun with it. They think That's, it's funny.
8: It uh, interests me that we're at a day and age where we see things like this occur.
3: Those protesters who were on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, the Native American man who was beating the drum, Nathan Phillips, and those kids in the Make America Great Again hats that were kind of smirking at him and kind of looking down their noses at him. We only
6: hope that uh, they're in the minority, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, that kind of action.
9: You're suing CNN Monday or Tuesday? Yes. May I ask for how much? Well, I expect because of the way they went after Nicholas so viciously that the claim for his reputational damage will be higher than it was against the Washington Post. The Post was $50 million for the reputational damage, and we can discuss why that figure. $200 million in punitive damages. Punitive damages are designed to punish and to deter Change conduct. Don't ever do this again. Yes. I would think the punitive damages award against CNN that we'll seek will be at least the same $200 million as it was against the Washington Post. But the compensatory damage to Nicholas's reputation, that number, uh, I expect, will be higher. All
1: right. Pretty unbelievable. Uh, Joining us now, he knows a thing or two about media. Uh, Bill O'Reilly is with us, author of the bestseller, Killing the SS, The Hunt for the Worst War Criminals in History. Uh, and by the way, I understand Bill has a little bit of an announcement to make. Uh, uh, but before we get to that, I, I, you just heard this tape of Lynn and the the vile assaults that went on for days at CNN without without a single bit of fact gathering, Bill. Not one. Well, I'm shocked.
10: <laughs> um, Rick, no, uh, you are
1: not uh, shocked at all.
10: I'm. I'm shocked. <laughs> um, you know, look, there's a survey out yesterday. Uh, That shows 80% of the American public, 80%, including 50% of Democrats, do not believe they're getting the truth from the American media. And that says everything. And the reason is because, and you and I have discussed this both on and off the air, six companies now control 90% of the national news flow. That's vital for your listeners to understand. It used to be 50 companies 30 years ago. 50 companies controlled 90%. Now it's down to six. So when you have that kind of power in the hands of corporate executives who are under pressure to maximize profits, then the mandate of journalists, which is find the truth, When I paid all that money to Boston University to get my master's degree in broadcast journalism, the theme was, you are to go out in the marketplace and find the truth, O'Reilly.
1: By the way, you're you're revealing your age because it's been so many decades now that that's not happened.
10: And, And that was the Watergate time. Yeah. So CNN is in colossal trouble. Everybody should understand that. It's not because of Linwood, It's not because of um, even the Sandman family, which are that family is going to become extremely wealthy in the next year or two. All right? But CNN is in trouble because they've just been acquired by AT&T. AT&T is not going to do what Tom Warner did and allow CNN to be in business to promote liberal causes. That's what the... CNN is in business to promote liberal causes. Started under its founder Ted Turner, and has continued on a hyper agenda. Now that President Trump's in the White House, AT&T is not going to continue that. So, what what Linwood wants to do is put the network on trial. It's not about uh Nick Sandman, who obviously was wrong, not only by CNN but the Washington Post, also being sued. Uh They're a little oh, bit the, less. They, than oh, there,
1: there going be uh, by the end of this hundreds There's of suits. Be ten of them. Oh, a hundred, of them. no, no, no. Vegas, Vegas, There's going to be more. See down tomorrow. Yes, it's all coming.
10: Right. So when CNN goes on trial, and, and believe me, AT and T will try to settle this. They don't want to go in and have Zucker and all his merry men be deposed because if they were they could prove that these orders came from the top the kid out of make america great again hat he's got to go down that's it we don't care what happened we're not going to look at the full videotape we're only going to look at the kid with the hat as soon as the hat was there then cnn swung into action
1: um you know but, but can I powers, just add right? can I add a bigger point to this or yeah, or, sure. or uh, an, a, another additional point is bill the kid is 16 years old Oh of
4: course you know I don't mean
1: care. you know and, and, and here's the amazing thing once we got to the truth is you see the black Hebrew israelites and the vile vicious horrible things they were screaming at their kids and getting in the kids face uh, all of those kids and it was Nicholas Sandman, that actually said to his friends, "Don't respond." Uh, he and was the kid was so good. He was perfect. I, you and I would never have survived oh, I, that I, test. I, <laughs> never. I'd be in prison.
10: Sixteen-year-old <laughs> O'Reilly and Levitton. Yeah. that Oh, forget to me, it. It was. I'd still be in prison,
1: Hannity. I know. I'd send I'd you a really cake with a file sentence. I, I'd, get, I'd get you a cake with a file. Would it work? <laughs> so. <laughs> What you're looking at, though, is, is such a
10: serious lawsuit because Wood knows he can destroy that whole operation. Now, he can also harm the Washington Post, but it doesn't matter as much because the Post is a niche media outlet, all right? It, it, it has a circulation. It makes money off Washington, D.C., but that's it. CNN's a worldwide operation, and the damage that CNN now does to the United States Portraying ah, so yes, this sir. country as a racist operation, which it does every day, is incalculable.
1: I said that last night on TV. It's so much of the world because of quote CNN International. They have such a perverted, uh, distorted, unrealistic, and frankly, uh, all, the impressions of America um, that are just flat out wrong. Because of CNN International. I mean, I was in Vietnam. We'd, Fox News wasn't on in Vietnam. You know, fake news, CNN was the only shot you got. I and mean, I had to watch the, the Cone hearing that morning. And you see the bias all over that place. It's but
10: worse that, than the domestic. Right. Their foreign operation is worse than the domestic operation. But what is, there are no standards, okay, at CNN. So the guy who runs it, Jeff Zucker, is an entertainment guy. Mm -hmm. All right. And he used to be Trump's best friend. You know, I'm writing a Trump book and the relationship between Zucker and Donald Trump when they did The Apprentice was like
1: they were pals. And now Now Donald Trump helped to get him that job at NBC. You know that. Yeah.
10: So when Wood goes in, the attorney for the Sandman family goes in. And he starts to depose people. Why you did what you did against Nicholas? And can you imagine a jury in Kentucky sitting there listening to this? Not yep. going to be two hundred and fifty million. It's going to be five hundred million.
1: And, and by the way, rightly so, the, Bill. They didn't pick up a telephone. They didn't bother to to do but when any did they fact ever checking. Do that? They don't. And yeah. the narrative of, of Trump for two years, the, similarly, they don't do any work. Headline from whatever publication, BuzzFeed, let's run with it. Listen, really quick, because I don't have a lot of time, and I want you to make your announcement.
10: Yes, uh, I'm going to come back to a national radio. Not going to tell you now, because we'll, we'll lay it out for you next time I talk to you, maybe next week. But O'Reilly's coming back to national radio.
1: But I want you to give, a, give this hint. It's going to fill new- a void... I can't, I can't tell you right You're now. You're not going to let me tell you. I already know the answer, so I'm not I allowed to say do. it.
10: But don't say it because they're okay. wording it because we want to be respectful to the franchise we're taking over. Got um, it. And that's the hint. Okay. So it's going to be newsy. Uh, it's going to be every day. And good day. Uh, it's coming up. Oh, wow. By the way, up. that was
1: the biggest hint so far. All right. Bill O'Reilly, thank you. We appreciate you being with all us right, as
10: always. Enjoy talking to you, Sean. Thank you.
8: Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload in the final hour of the Sean Hannity Show.
3: There can be no separate college admission system for the wealthy, and I'll add that there will not be a separate criminal justice system either. Every year, hundreds of thousands of hardworking, talented students strive for admission to elite schools as every parent knows these students work harder and harder every year in a system that appears to grow more and more competitive every year and that system is a zero-sum game for every student admitted through fraud an honest genuinely talented student was rejected the parents charge today despite already being able to give their children every legitimate advantage in the college admissions game, instead chose to corrupt and illegally manipulate the system for their benefit. We're not talking about donating a building so that a school's more likely to take your son or daughter. We're talking about deception and fraud, fake test scores, fake athletic credentials, fake photographs, bribed college officials wow
1: the biggest uh example of admissions fraud to some of uh the country's most elite colleges um pretty unbelievable this is basically how this thing worked it was so you have this guy named william rick singer uh and and that by the way was the attorney general massachusetts um his name is andrew lelling and what happened is singer would would tell these parents well first he helped these wealthy clients illegally boost the scores of their kids and and cheat on the ACT, SATs, et cetera, et cetera, in varying ways, and told the parents to seek, quote, extra time for the kids to take the SAT, ACT tests, including by faking learning disabilities. Now, I know a little bit about this because I have a, my older sister has is a school counselor, and there are real issues with kids that are, that, that For example, if you have ADHD or ADD or something like that, um, they sometimes you can apply for more time to take the test because your ability to focus is not at the same level. And it's a real thing for these kids. OK, um, so he's telling them to lie about that, I guess, to a doctor. And once the kids get the extra time, then Singer would tell the parents, change the exam location from the kids' high schools, where I guess they're known, to one of the test centers that he knew controlled in either, say, West Hollywood or Houston. You know, and as an excuse for changing the location, he suggested saying the kids would be out of town attending a wedding or a bar mitzvah. And then Singer would bribe the administrators, so he's picking specific test sites where I guess he had relationships with the administrators of the tests and let a co-conspirator, usually a Harvard grad student, help the kids cheat on the exam. And then, you know, either he or others would take the tests for the kids. In other words, either the Harvard grad student would take the test and put the or just give the kids the answers they needed or correct the wrong answer after the kids turned in the test. And the test center administrators then sent the Exams back to the College Board SAT and ACT for official grading, which then raised scores significantly. And I, I schools listened. I'm I'm living through, I've been living through this now for a long time because my, you know, if you have a kid that's in 11th grade like I do, it's it's front and center in everybody's mind. And 11th grade is like the hardest grade for kids all the time. Um, and then of course, you know, the idea in the other case, Laurie Lockman's uh, case, you know, they actually took the daughter was not an athlete at all and they photoshopped a picture of the daughter onto the body of an athlete and started posting it all over social media as if she was a crew player in the case that the the u.s attorney made or they do it with the soccer player um linda is shaking her head the whole time you think i've got this all wrong i haven't even given my opinion yet you you think i have this all wrong why
2: you know i just i think it's a bunch of baloney I, i i really do i mean the, the feigned indignance and the shock over this. Give me a break. This crap's been going on for years.
1: Well, hang on a second. You know about legacy admissions. I mean, if your mother and father and mother or father and your grandfather and your uncle all went to one school, the advantage you have is massive over any other applicant. It's called, you know, legacy admissions goes on all the time. Usually it is tied to how much money the family donated over the years. That's I mean, the endowments at these schools are sometimes in the billions and billions of dollars. Right.
2: Yeah. And.
1: Well, then those kids, because of their name, their family, they have an advantage. Listen, you, at
2: the end of the day, everybody gets an advantage of because Wait, of something.
1: At the end of the at day. At the end of the day. end of the day.
2: <laughs> everybody's going to get over because of something. So I can throw a basketball. I can throw a football. I can play the yobo. Uh, I I know how to do lacrosse. I, I need more time on my test because uh, I got ADHD. I got ADD. I feel sad today. My dog died. My cat didn't eat her food. Whatever the freaking reason is. This is what these people do. To me, right, but, this is but, not worthy of our time.
1: So you know that I have been, I'm. Uh, uh, my kids have been, you know, athletes since they were oh, seven years old. I mean, I've been all over the country. You know, my son's been all over the world playing his sport. Um, and I, I could tell Right, but
2: you, let's just interrupt you for one moment. Yeah. You know, Your kids play tennis. What do okay, people think? I wasn't going to say wait, that, but th- that's th- fine. First of all, you talk about tennis all the time. This is not a surprise. Okay. Second of all. When people play tennis, one thing comes to mind money. How do I know this? Because I'm from Philadelphia and they have the oh. Arthur Ashe yeah. they have the Arthur Ash Center. And they used to take all us poor kids down mm-hmm. to play tennis so we could see how the other side lived. <laughs> Learn a little bit of tennis, yada yada yada. Well, There's just nothing-
1: so you know, I've actually donated a pretty good amount of money over the years
2: right but that's not my point my point is to is two that,
1: separate charities to actually make tennis available for everybody right I'm but just, the,
2: my point is is that that's there's nothing wrong with that you know if you have more money and you can do more for your children i'm not saying do criminal activities like the these thing, knuckleheads here, but, slow, but, slow what's the but what's the difference what's the difference d- you the difference d- give the school is, money all right pol- you're not gonna let me talk uh, you ask here's, for my opinion but this
1: is the difference you're you're, you're missing so much here Look, for example, my daughter is in 11th grade and my son, that was the same thing. Every single one of the kids she grew up playing this sport with, every one of them has been recruited. Not one wasn't. They all were recruited. They all got, you know, picked for their athletic ability. Now, if you add other sports to it, you add baseball, basketball, football, you know, First of all, sports enhance the university experience. If you go to the University of Alabama, you go to Clemson, um, you go to Notre Dame. Let me tell you something. It, it, those sports not only financially enrich the institutions, but they make the experience of the other kids that are there because of academic merit. So much better because they all love going to the games and cheering on their team. So, so here's, here's so no, the problem. But here's the thing: they what? lower the they don't lower the admission standards academically for the athletes. Now, but there's a give and take to that. Do you know what I mean?
2: No, I think it's a bunch of crap. Like I said at the beginning <laughs> of this argument. So, you like when I went to school, right? I I, right. I I'm. The How first. many
1: master's degrees do you have? I
2: have two. And- But I'm the first person in my family to go to college. Mm -hmm. My mother went to college after me. Now, having said that, I had to go at night. I had to work all day. I had a very different college experience than a lot of other people because so of my I. financial background. I had okay. no. I
1: paid my own way and I Hot had to kettle. work full time. I feel you.
2: Totally get it. Yeah. But the long and the short of it is we all try to do more for our children, right? We don't want our okay. kids to have the same struggles that we had, yada, yada, yada. So a lot of these kids who are very, very good at sports that come from affluent families, they don't go to regular school. They have private tutors. They have private tennis instructors. They spend X amount of da- hours a day playing tennis. Tennis, X amount of hours a day doing math, history, yada, yada. And listen, if you can afford it and you can do it, more power to you. I would do it for my kid, too. You know, you can't hate on people doing well. At least I don't. The problem that I have is the sudden indignation like, oh, my God, I can't believe they pay for this. It's horrible. I'm like, dude, that is no different. But there's
1: a very big difference What's here. What's the difference? Because- Okay, because let's take the case of the kids that, on their own, get the great SAT score,
2: like me. Uh huh.
1: Okay, so there is a zero sum game here. In other words, there is a certain number of slots available for kids that are academically hardworking and gifted. Okay, Mm -hmm. and even then, you don't wait a minute. So hang on. Then at least the playing field is more fair if you take out the whole legacy admission part of it, et cetera, et cetera. Now, on the athletic side, you know. If these things, there's only X number of slots for every sport in every school. So...
2: No, there's not. Here's yeah, why. Let me tell you she, why. No, you're wrong. There I'm are, not wrong.
1: You're only, for example, you're only allowed X number of signings, NCAA rules for any sport in any year. Right.
2: So what they'll do is they'll bring in another kid and they'll say, well, we'll take him earlier. We'll bench him for this year or he'll go into this and then we'll bring him on to here. There's always a workaround. Okay, I'm just telling you, but that would mean that that
1: year one less person that was deserving, they get their spot taken away.
2: You know what that's called? That's called life. Life oh, is not fair, man. life is not fair, and things are difficult, and at the end of the day, you have to know.
1: Let me give you an example. If you're playing, if you're playing baseball, basketball, tennis, crew, which is, I actually think, I've, I've never I knew about that. I played the
2: clarinet. Crew.
1: Okay, and let me tell you how it works to become a, a recruited athlete. You know, you can go back to when your kids, these kids are, are 8, 9, and 10 years old, and see that they've been playing the whole time. Whatever sport it is, anybody that looks at you throwing a baseball, shooting a basketball, play, hitting a tennis ball, they're going to know in five seconds whether you're a real player. Let me,
2: Let me sum this it's up for over. you so that you understand from where I come. Okay?
1: I'm not understanding.
2: I don't care how you want to look at this. At the end of the day, which is where I started, that's my opening line, I'm going to finish with it. There are all sorts of inaccuracies and, and discrepancies that come with applying to college. Now, what these people did was wrong. I'm not saying what they did was right. So when we look at this and we take, and we take a close look at what's happening here, we also need to take a close look at all the other inequities. And then we can have an honest and real conversation about the overpriced experience we call college. You don't
1: see... Well, I I actually think there's a bigger problem with the legacy issue, if you want my opinion. You know, the only thing I can say in response to it... Like I said, it, all the inequities. Hold on. The only thing I can say, and, you know, I, I have one good friend of mine whose son plays at UVA. He's, you know, we, we've been tennis acquaintances the entire time. We had sons the same age. We had daughters the same age. They competed all throughout juniors. And, you know, I, every time I see him, I, I hate this sport. I hate this. I would tell him because it's torture watching your kids play. I hate it. And, you know, he laughs at me all the time. And, you know, we would just, you know, it was, kind of became just a, a long joke. It's, I am, the amount of effort, time, money, everything, traveling that goes into the years. You, you, you can't be a, you have to decide if you want your kids to go unless they're so off the hook, naturally talented. If you want them to go to college on some athletic um, scholarship or or admissions, you have to start when you're seven or eight and focus pretty much now on one sport. Everything is specialized. Or you could
2: have just saved all your money those years and put it into a 529 college fund and paid for college.
1: Okay, but you're not going to get into the college maybe that you want. That's the point. I don't know. How much money are you saving? Well, the way it works is this, that, it, you for you know because of Title IX there are more scholarships for women in in sports. Uh, because of Title IX, uh, those scholarships are more available. Um, usually, colleges for men's tennis have very few because um, in that case, you know the, the scholarships are often deemed for the football team, which would be mostly males that, that are playing. Um usually most schools have a, a male and female basketball uh, program so that's equal but they got to make up for it some way if right, you're but putting again, 60 kids on a football. You're field.
2: making my argument. No I'm you not. Ha- yes you are. You have to look at all of the inequities. So we can take a look at Lori Laughlin and Felicity, H- what's her name, Hoffman? Loughlin. Whatever. I mean, the bottom line is these two people are just w- two people of the 50 that they quote right now. But there's all sorts of discrepancies and inequities that have been going on for a very long time in this college debate, and they're going to keep on going. And this is just one example of the kind of nonsense that people do to get into a, a, a liberal indoctrination that you have to work yourself out of after four years. And then if you decide to go to grad school, another two and two after that.
1: Look, you know, look, you're making some valid points. I mean, I'm, oh, I'm not disagreeing you. with you.
2: Something worked uh, in that college education. But the
1: amount of effort and fraud that went into this, I mean, to literally Photoshop a picture of your kid playing a sport they never played, and then they get chosen, and there are limited amounts of, of slots available for those particular sports crew and, and soccer in this particular case, volleyball in another particular case, then that does mean that someone else that maybe was you know on the edge. The great thing is for all of these kids, and I you know I would advise this to any parent. You know it didn't matter if you were ranked, um, you know one through a hundred, uh, you know in your section. All those hundred kids, for the most, or at least the top sixty in every section, is going to get into a college, a, a, a better college, because of the whatever sport they're playing. Because I've seen it over and over again. You know, if you have a kid that's ranked in the top 5 in the in your division and is a nationally ranked player, then it, the odds are even better. But every year they have tennisrecruiting.com. You can literally, you know, follow a kid's career. Maybe he had a bad year, but that year that kid had an injury, but you see As interesting as before?
2: it is for us to try to save the world and all of the college what? problems, we have to go to break.
1: <sighs> that's so annoying. All right, take a quick break.
3: We'll come back. Your call's on the other side. We're here today to announce charges in the largest college admissions scam ever prosecuted by the Department of Justice. We've charged 50 people nationwide with with participating in a conspiracy that involved, first, cheating on college entrance exams, meaning the SAT and the ACT, and second, securing admission to elite colleges by bribing coaches at those schools to accept certain students' under false pretenses. In return for bribes, these coaches agreed to pretend that certain applicants were recruited competitive athletes when in fact the applicants were not. As the coaches knew, the students' athletic credentials had been fabricated. Overall, today we have charged three people who organized these scams, two SAT or ACT exam administrators, one exam proctor, one college administrator, nine coaches at elite schools, and 33 parents who paid enormous sums to guarantee their children's admission to certain schools through the use of bribes and fake academic and athletic credentials. A central defendant in the scheme, William Singer, will plead guilty today to charges of racketeering conspiracy, money laundering conspiracy, conspiracy to defraud the United States and obstruction of justice. Singer allegedly ran a college counseling service and something called the Key Worldwide Foundation. Between roughly 2011 and 2018, wealthy parents paid Singer about $25 million in total to guarantee their children's admission to elite schools including Yale, Georgetown, Stanford, the University of Southern California, the University of Texas, UCLA, and Wake Forest beyond the sat and act scam parents also paid singer money that he then used to bribe coaches and administrators to designate their children as recruited athletes for various schools in return for bribes coaches would use slots that their schools had allocated to them for the recruitment of athletes instead to take the applicants singer had identified singer worked with the parents to fabricate impressive athletic profiles for their kids, including fake athletic credentials or honors, or fake participation in elite club teams. In many instances, Singer helped parents take staged photographs of their children engaged in particular sports. Other times, Singer and his associates used stock photos that they pulled off the internet, sometimes photoshopping the face of the child onto the picture of the athlete and submitting it in support of the applications for these children to elite schools. In one example, the head women's soccer coach at Yale, in exchange for $400,000, accepted an applicant as a recruit for the Yale women's team, despite knowing that the applicant did not even play competitive soccer. The student was in fact admitted, and afterward, the student's family paid Singer $1.2 million for that service. In addition to the standardized test scam and the college admissions scam, Singer also arranged for someone to take online high school classes in place of certain students, so that those students could submit higher grades as part of their overall college application packages.
1: All right, so there's, uh, again, we're playing the Andrew uh, Lelling is his name. He's a U.S. attorney in Massachusetts, and, you know, this scheme, this college admission scheme, the worst in history. you got 50 people charged in this, 33 parents, including, well, Lori Lachlan and what's her name, Felicity Huffman, um, charge um, Aunt Laughlin, Lawflin.
2: Yeah, like some people say my name, Linda McLaughlin, Linda McLaughlin. The second would be Loughlin. wrong with regard Loughlin. to me, but it's correct with regard to her.
1: Okay. Um, and so 33 parents, college sports coaches, associates uh, of this guy, this mastermind of this whole scam, Rick uh, Singer, $25 million in total bribes paid out by the parents. Individual payments range from 200000 to $6.5 and, you know, we're talking about, you know, Stanford, Yale, Georgetown, all, you know, a lot of big schools involved here. And after a 10-month investigation and, and faking, you know, it, SAT tests or whatever they're doing, it's it's just pretty outrageous. But more importantly, then on the athletic side, you know, taking pictures and Photoshopping kids that never played a sport ever. And then kids, you know, getting into the school based on an athletic scholarship or athletic um or being on an athletic team when the kid never played the sport and that would take away a slot from a kid that would otherwise have made it um you know the the only thing i'd say because i've lived this and you know i'll I'll be honest over time i got to know it's you see all the same parents most of the weekends you know except when you're traveling nationally you don't know maybe some of them
2: how do you know they're the parents maybe they're stand-ins maybe they got paid to be there
1: you're right will you stop with the distractions please the you know everybody knows everybody and the amazing thing is is that the the kids that have gone through that journey starting at seven or eight um they all end up being recruited every one of them but at the ones that stick with it all throughout you know junior high school for example and um a, 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 they all find a good school which is you know because it becomes such a grind you know, the kids got to practice every day. The kids doesn't want to practice every day. The kid doesn't want to put on sunscreen when they're in Florida, uh, et cetera. I mean, it's just, it becomes a, a real grind. At the end of the day, you pay a price early, but the payoff is huge. Now, most recently, I'm not going to sit here and talk about what I've been going through with my daughter, but you know the schools that have been recruiting her, right? I mean, and you know where she decided, I mean, she had felt so good about every letter, every call, every visit um, that it it just it was a huge payoff for her, you know, for her hard work. Um, and I've watched this happen with kid after kid after kid. You know, my daughter, my son and all their friends have had that experience. And it's very cool to see you know, even though you're competitive maybe when you're in juniors together, but when you get older and a little more mature and and you realize this is not Wimbledon, um, you begin to realize, you know, that these are all really good kids that have been through a very similar hard experience and you like them all. I mean, I kind of like all these kids that I've gotten to know. And um, so they, and all of that work is chronicled. And Alan Dershowitz brought up a point last night that, You know, the schools kind of have a little bit of an obligation to say, okay, well, let's look at the history. Did this person really play this sport? Because there's going to be a history of the kid playing the sport, usually going back before they're 10. Um, And because that's what it takes to get to that level. There are kids. It's amazing how things change. When I was growing up, I played ice hockey. I was a pitcher in baseball. I played basketball. They made me play soccer in high school. I didn't want to play soccer. I hated soccer. And then I ended up being a center halfback, and I hated it because that's more running than anyone else on the team. Um, And I just hated running for the sake of running. But they made me the the center halfback. I'd rather be the goalie and just stand there. Um, But we we played all sports. It's not how it is. You specialize. You know, once a kid is identified in high school as a, say, a good a, a baseball player or a good football player or junior high school, even that kid then is told usually by some smart mentor who, who's watched the knows the whole experience and being told, OK, this is what you can do. And you're going to get into a great college because you're talented. You know, if you put the work in, you're going to get there. So it's it's pretty amazing, actually, the, the whole process. And, I, you know, look, am I asking that they put these people in jail for 20 years? No. Um, but I think that there's such outrage because most people feel this is the, you know, I, I this is a rigged system. And there's angst and there's anger about it. And a lot of it's justifiable. But I would say that the bigger scandal is, you know, the whole legacy issue. And we know in some cases where, you know, if a kid's mother, father, grandma, grandpa went to some big school, the odds of that their kid getting in are phenomenally greater. And that's probably the odds go up even more if the family, you know, has donated millions and millions of dollars to the school. And people do that because they love the school. I, you know, I didn't have the college experience that that we're talking about in this case. And Linda, you didn't have it either. When I went to college, I was working full time. I was I was tending bar some nights till 430 in the morning. And I had an eight o'clock Monday morning uh, writing class, for example. I remember that particular class at Adelphi. And then I went to NYU. I was still tending bar on the weekends to pay my bills because I didn't have scholarships. I didn't ha- well, I didn't take a penny from my parents. I paid it all myself. You know, people write Hannity or college dropout. Well, Hannity couldn't afford it. He went back to school on three separate occasions and I I think all told I have a little over 3 years finished and I just I didn't have the mo- I didn't have the money to pay for it and I didn't want to ask anybody for it. So I don't regret my decision. And I study more now to be honest than I ever studied in my life as you know and you've seen and you watch every day and with every show we do. You want to add one last phrase I can sell before we get to the call? No, no.
2: Listen, you know, I'm arguing with people in our office about this right now and, and here in the studio. I mean, Ethan's on my side. Kylie's on my side. I don't know where Jason is on this.
1: I'm um, so surprised.
2: Jason, are you, I really on, am. are you on my side with this or are you on Sean's side?
0: Well, I mean, I, the, the whole thing about people being outraged, I've been watching college sports forever, and, and the
7: stuff that athletes get away with, I see it all the time. But – what. If you commit
1: fraud, yeah, but, you should be, but hang you should on, be but punished Jason, for it. Jason, those the, the, a lot of kids that get in on uh, their sport ability, Sports adds to and enriches the entire school experience for the kids that get in academically. Yeah, they, but they if
3: we're talking about fraud. I mean, how many schools? No, I'm not out talking there, about fraud.
1: I'm talking about athletics in general. yeah, but <clears throat> we're talking so about... if they lower the standards for you know tennis, baseball, basketball, football, or whatever whatever they do, I know in many cases that the schools don't sacrifice the education. they invest in the athletes' education, knowing that they're not at the same academic level as some of their their fellow students. Do you totally academic standards. Do you agree with that? Do you know how much money football brings to the University oh, except, of Alabama? Oh, I,
0: I'm I'm absolutely aware that Notre Dame
7: Notre Dame didn't want to hire Urban Meyer because Urban Meyer wanted to lower their academic standards, so he went
1: to Florida. Yeah, because the, because Nick Saban doesn't really give a rip about what a kid's score is. What he's going to tell the parents is, we're going to get him the help he needs. To academically to pass, perform. so he
0: can
2: stay on the team and let us win.
0: Yeah, but I, honestly, Sean, how many but, but uh, wait just, a minute, but look, for football, but wait a minute, basketball so, so players, How many go to class? Look they're, at they're what this. But, e- but every other kid that gets
1: to go to the football game and cheer their school on, it it creates school spirit and unity.
3: It's huge. The it dollars. really helps their betterment when they yes! uh, have to go to the job market because they have a good school spirit. It doesn't do anything. This no, is all it, a, f-
1: not But the thing. whole idea is to at college to you know how everybody. I know that's ever graduated from whatever school it is, and again, I didn't have that experience, they're so proud of that that school. They love that school, whatever it is. It could be... Okay, so let I. me it jump on your Notre side Dame. for a minute. Be,
2: I agree yeah. with this part of it. So I love, like anybody who listens to the show knows, I can't tell you a single thing about sports. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what season they it is. Say sports again. Sports. I don't know sports. anything. However... I love all of the fun stuff that goes with sports. I love how people get really excited. I like the parties. I like to make the dips and the food and have the drinks. It's oh fun. God. But I don't know what's happening. I have no idea why we're there. I'm just happy we're all together. Anything that brings people together in a fun environment, I'm down.
1: Okay. You know what it does? It takes the college experience. Every, any college that has a, a any successful athletic program, it takes that experience for every student almost universally it might be five kids in their dorm that night that day and that night that are you know um you know not going to the game but everybody loves yeah, like it. me Sean, and they're, what point and they're the proud of their team they're proud to say here. i go to alabama because we got the best football team in the country or clemson because we got the best football team in the country they love it now so some of the athletes they're not meeting the same academic standards Uh, But but they're bringing something else to the school, a talent that they have developed throughout their youth. Listen, we we don't
2: have a lot of time here. I think what the team is saying here and and I did not pay them to get on my side. I just want to say that for the record. There's no fraud happening in the studio. However, I think what we're saying is we just don't agree that this one moment, as corrupt as it there are so many others that's been going on for so long. This is one yeah. highlighted yeah. incident. You know, there's well, all kinds of yeah, stuff. I think stuff.
1: really, the legacy is one of them. I got it. All right. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Big Hannity tonight. We have an update on this college admissions story, scam, and uh, the biggest in the country. Apparently, Lori Laughlin in court today. We'll have the latest on that. Uh, the president taking a strong leadership role on the issue of the Boeing 3737. We have more deep state information we got on Lisa Page today. We'll break that tonight. Oh, yeah, cowardly Schiff vows more investigations. 9 Eastern, Fox News. Thanks for being with us. See you tonight. Back here tomorrow. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the Burner Less Lethal Pistol Launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity, right now, and you'll get 10% off. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. Now, the same Hollywood that sold the American dream, they are now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China.